bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus like we're talking about reality TV. That's it. That's just it. That's just it. This fucking year, man. The gator died. Mm-hmm. I would say the gator was like, was definitely like one of the patron saints of this podcast. You oh know? my God. We've got an action figure of her. We have the action figures we have Gator, Obama, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, and Trump. We need <laughs> Kamala Harris and Joe they Biden. better make them right now. I mean. Right now. I won't even live. Like, no. Ashley Ryder is the first one to give us the, the glitter sequence pillow. Right. And it's. Of, and we. You're, you do judge Julie. Ashley Ryder also with the Gator pillow gave you a fucking gavel. The gavel. It's, it's the Gator's gavel. You know what? I'm going to make a plaque for the gavel. It's going to be called Gator's Gavel, and I'm going to make. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to call my dad. Gold. Dad, if oh. you're listening, let's make a plaque. I'll send you the dimensions. But he doesn't know how to do engraving. Oh, you mean of a, course wooden, he does. a wooden plaque? Sure. Oh, I was picturing a. I bet he could. He's going to take some pennies. He's going to melt it down <laughs> in a kiln, and then he's going to just figure out how to make a plaque out of copper literally the man will take his guacamole making (laughs) sexy hands his surgeon precise Mm -hmm. hands Mm -hmm. which i have studied gross we might have been eating chips and salsa (laughs) we didn't have guac when we had when we ate lunch Mm -hmm. he's gonna take his sexy surgeon hands right and he's gonna be like i can pick up engraving in about approximately 60 to 75 minutes we all know my my, i know that he can i know you're listening and i know you can (laughs) this motherfucker just started tinkering with making engines (laughs) oh he did Mm -hmm. oh i love that like little engines you know I mean little what they're like they, little they are they from mouse cars <laughs> mm-hmm. he's gonna he's into it. mouse car racing now <laughs> making mouse car engines they're like i don't know they're this like this and they're just engines and he just makes them and poor adam he's like can't i have anything <laughs> your dad is so talented yeah i mean and even your sister she's a pa- a painter right or artist, she's an artist painter, visual and he's artist. like i'm gonna do painting too and then paints like a goddamn I've legendary got, <laughs> iconic painter your dad i've got owls i've got dumpling i've got a church i've got my eye on those other animals that the another animal heads he has at home he is so talented yeah but you know what he couldn't do keep the gator alive <laughs> that's true oh, man. maybe if he had known and he started working on honestly it. honestly if only were her doctor now we weren't even going to do the podcast this week we were Which just is, like yeah fuck it yeah i mean 
but just <laughs> politics aside, and honestly, and she is somebody very connected to the podcast, mm -hmm. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, <laughs> who we like to call Ruth Gator Binsburg. Mm -hmm. Regardless of politics, know nothing about her. She was a goddamn American icon, and the amount, the sheer amount of people who are dying mm -hmm. on the weekly, mm -hmm. it's a non-stop onslaught and not one of them are people who we need to die not one we spent an hour yeah looking for people who had died taking selfies this is how dark we are <laughs> and if it wasn't the right we're like let's look for good looking couples who died taking selfies and we searched the internet like this is where we're at yeah I'm so you're so hot you're so in love you're hanging off a train you're hanging off the side of a fucking infinity pool just one good shake, one earthquake, one step of the foot, fall. Just yeah, fall. We need it. Please. We need it so bad. These people, like even Chadwick Boseman, let's say, these are figures of like hope. Yes. Of strength. Right. Exactly. Of like achieving your dreams. They are literally, they're <laughs> symbolic. Yes. That person. Yep. I never even saw fucking Black Panther. But you know what he's in? Thurgood. The movie about right. Thurgood Marshall, That's that right. movie was life changing. And then that takes you back to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is mm. like Thurgood Marshall. Mm. And it's mm. like mm. the mm. fact that he died, I started crying. Yeah. And I'm just like, why does this man have to die right now? And now her. And it's oh, like, my God. And speaking of that's just so weird because on the news, you know, that they say or I think I saw an AM Joy Joy AM Joy said that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is also known as the Thurgood Marshall of gender equality. Exactly. How about that? Thank God Thurgood Marshall's dead because I couldn't handle him dying. And I'll oh tell you right God. now, if Nancy Pelosi dies, <gasps> I'm quitting the podcast. Oh my God. That's all I can no. think of is like, please, 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 please. What? Not one of them. Not Trump, not McConnell, not Pence, not Stephen Miller, not Zuckerberg? fucking Mark Meadows. <laughs> and not any of them can't drop the fuck dead. Why? What about Scott Baio? He's a shitty Scott actor Republican. Bale. Let's take some actor Republican. What about what's her name with Kanye? <laughs> that dumb bitch who almost did the podcast. Candace Owens? Yeah, she can go. That asshole. So we weren't even going to do the podcast. We didn't even get our Patreon. We have a Patreon podcast. Mm -hmm. We do two a week. Yes. Uh, we do one for $1. We <laughs> do. And if you want to sign up to listen to two for $2, mm -hmm. we do two a week. We didn't even get to our second one because we were going to do it on Friday night. The gator dies and we're it's a wrap. We are now getting yeah. drunk and spending the evening discussing how Queen Elizabeth has managed to stay alive. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth isn't dead. Queen Elizabeth is not dead. And also the original Queen Elizabeth is not a villain. <laughs> the level we got into so deep. It started one place. I don't even, if Queen Elizabeth dies this year, too, I will be that. I can't take that. I that will that. be I can't take that. a horror. And she's like 95. And by the way, the present Queen Elizabeth isn't a villain either. No, she's not. A lot of people get that mixed up because of Princess Di. Don't All get right. it twisted, bitches. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth is the fucking shit. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. yeah. So our first Patreon from last week. Yeah. Which I wanted to burn uh, in a fire. Right. Rerecord uh -huh. immediately. I wanted to pull it down and rerecord it. Mm -hmm. That lived alone all week. <laughs> uh, just that was the only thing anyone had to listen to. It's a it sucks. It wasn't good. <laughs> Sorry to everyone. So Kevin Ferris, one of our he, I fucking love Kevin Ferris. Mm -hmm. He is like one of the original 14, one of the original Patreons, like just supportive 
we love him. Now, he sent us a message. He bought one of our shirts that we sell on our website, Mimeo. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, he did. Now. Tell him the website. The website, of <laughs> course, where you can buy our shirts is www.julianbrandy.com. We have a shirt that just says drugs. We have I Don't Need Your Notes, Babe. We have our classic uh, podcast concert graphic tea. concert tee. And uh, we have no, no One Knows I'm Gay. All bestsellers. All bestsellers. But what's the number one? The number one is I Don't Need Your Notes, Babe. And I Don't Need Your Notes, Babe is the only shirt we offer in double XL and triple XL. Right. So now Kevin apparently, so he ordered a a shirt again. He's ordered a shirt in the past. He wrote us a note. He said, I bragged about losing weight in the comments before y'all said bragging was bad (laughs) to a tone. I'm getting a smaller size shirt. I love you both. Please don't hate me. Kevin, first of all, Mm -mm. babes, babes, babes. We could never, would never. We love you. Mm -hmm. Here's a rule about bragging. It's never wrong when you're giving us money. (laughs) If you give us money, you can do whatever you want. That's why we even take Uh. people's notes. Right. We don't need your notes, babe. However, <laughs> if you pay us money, we take the notes, Memo. Right. We take the notes. We, take, we absolutely take, we take the, take the notes. All the notes. All the notes. <laughs> we take, we'll write all the notes down. <laughs> you know, we might not listen to the notes, we'll but s- we take the notes. Anyone who sends a note on this podcast, we don't need your notes, babe, because you don't pay for this <laughs> shit. Patreon, we're all the notes. Right. All the notes. We have a list of notes. We keep them. We have a binder of notes. No, we resent the notes, but we take them. And we did not, not resent yet. your bragging, Kev. No. We loved it. P.S. Kevin, I love that fucking last name. And if you were a girl who or, or, or let's say regardless, if you marry a man or a woman and you take their last name, you should name your child Ferris. Mic um, drop. Good one. Mic drop. Good one. Keep the name the la- uh, Yes. Good one. I love it. But whoever Kevin marries will go. No, I'm taking the last name Ferris because that last name fucking rolls. <laughs> So um, now here's a comment he made memo from January 2019 okay. on our okay. Patreon podcast entitled Magic Time. Mm. Gun to the head. We could never remember what it's about. <laughs> but I will tell you right now, his comment said, quote, when Julie started singing the ballad simply from big shits, I damn near had a stroke. <laughs> Okay. Did I sing a ballad called Simply Taking from Big Shits? No, not taking. Simply from Big Shits. Now, you must have been talking about either A, a fissure in your asshole. Probably. Or um, (laughs) toilet stains. We never really talk about that. No. Could it have been the look of the poo? Nope. You don't look at your poo. Nope. So you must have gotten an Maybe. anal injury simply from taking big shits. Or did you almost pass out? I wonder how. Maybe. Or maybe it was uh, getting it on me. Maybe it was. Um, <laughs> now I'm wondering what like the tune is. Like simply from taking. It's a ballad. I know. Oh, simply from big shits. It's a ballad. Yeah. That's not a ballad. Simply. <laughs> yeah. Simply from big shits. <laughs> How about like that? But what are, what are we getting from the big shits? It's got to have gotten on my finger. <laughs> uh, well, we know that's happened. I just don't know if there was a song about that. And nor do I think you would do a ballad. I think it was more of an ode to, you know, your poor, overused, and overrun butthole. My best friend is my butthole. I use him up too much. <laughs> Stupid. Don't let me Kevin, give it away. Do you think we could ever, mm. ever, 
ever hate anyone who said they had a stroke from the ballad <laughs> simply from big shits we fucking love you there was a thousand comments he made that are amazing like one of them just said loads haha <laughs> like i swear and like that's one of our favorite things if you haven't joined the uh if you're new to the podcast or the patreon and you haven't heard about loads yet you're in for a real treat well kevin we didn't care and it, sorry about the shitty patreon sorry that we have a friend and let me just clarify before we go and this has already gone on too long we don't like hearing about people who lose weight because uh we hate hearing when anyone's happy also <laughs> we like when when you know people have accomplished something that's so hard to do yeah. like losing weight mm -hmm. is so hard what we don't like to hear is how much you work out i'm not gonna i can't that's that's I I get that's well there's that's, a difference between way also, too depressing there's a difference between like I'm so excited to get this because I lost like oh I'm 20 so excited pounds. to give you money and buy a shirt <laughs> yeah. yeah and I just I haven't been able to you know wear this size in so long that's I'm just so heartwarming excited. heartwarming heartwarming here's what's not heartwarming and you know even if I saw that on Instagram yes yes I cannot fucking believe I just bought this in a size six I've right. never or a size whatever oh my god that would be six. I would be I would think that was like sweet of someone yes you know I would I mean? too that's different I would too here's what I don't like and this is what happened yeah like I haven't gained COVID-20 haha <laughs> yeah what what an individual <laughs> a friend of ours put no COVID-20 for me and it was like you know kev that's not someone bragging they lost weight that's someone bragging they never gained weight while everyone else did exactly. hence the covid 20 and whether it was a covid 5 or a covid 50 everyone gained it but here's the karma of the the whole thing mm -hmm. that i ran into him mm -hmm. and he had gained it <laughs> and he's insane Now it's time for Viva La Gator. Detroit players, Tim's for my hooligans in Brooklyn. Dead right, if the head right, Biggie there, and I. Papa been smooth since days of under rules. Never lose, never choose to. Bruce Cruz, who do something to us? Hey, I love my Bruce Ginsburg hello more than ever. I don't think I could be more depressed. I don't know about you girls, but uh, just sick. He's gonna appoint a fucking judge. Make them a deal that I'm going to give you this appointment of a lifetime. But when I contest this election and it goes to the Supreme Court, you have to stick with me. I'm literally just sick. Anyway, I'll talk to you girls later. Bye. I heard about the earthquake last night. I wonder if you felt it. <coughs> Bye. All right. Well, this entire thing is too depressing to even do this episode justice, much less the life of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Not to mention, Brandy and I got a job working in the art department on a Home <laughs> Depot commercial for three weeks. But then she booked a real commercial, and now I'm stuck doing the art job with a guy named Oscar, and we're stuck doing this podcast until five in the morning. Okay, well, my other thing is over, <laughs> and I'm trying to get Oscar fired so I can come organize staple guns and power drills with you. But until then, I am stuck prepping this episode alone and crying about the gator alone. And here's one of the most ironic statements ever made by anyone ever in existence of time. 
if it wasn't for the new Paris Hilton documentary, I couldn't have mentally survived losing Ruth Bader Ginsburg right now. I swear to God, Paris Hilton saved me from an RBG related nervous <laughs> breakdown. I swear. What's funny is that even though my voice sounds like this from eating dust and <laughs> dirt and filth and garbage um, and nev- never sleeping now and working. all week and, all, it's and working. It's work. Yeah, exactly. It's that I'm 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 in a um, in an area that I can just pretend that nothing else is happening. So oh, it's easy to compartmentalize. Yeah. Mm hmm. So I don't even though I'm wondering, like, what's going on? And, you know, I want to get in touch with my rage. And I wonder what the, you know, <laughs> evangelicals like, are news? saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I'm thinking she's not I'm, I'm I don't need to deal with it. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, deal with these pens. Yeah. I mean, I watched we watched the Paris Hilton doc before the gator even died but it's just it's become just a safe place for me mentally and it's Mm -hmm. just been so comforting i don't know it's true and i have thought about paris and then i think about you know like the school and putting my rage there and like you know she's a feminist icon of her own right and exists because the gator existed and Mm -hmm. it's just You know, irony of ironies. Okay, so here's the deal. Normally what we would do here is I would tell you guys about the Gator's life and Julie would tell you guys about the Diarrhea Toilet Republicans and what they did to the Gator and what they're doing now and why they all need to die. (laughs) But since Meow Meow is living her best Melanie Griffith life, (laughs) we're going to punt the Republican hate speech to next week Mm. When I will have gotten Oscar fired and I will be with <laughs> Meow Meow living my best Joan Cusack life. Mm. And there's no fucking way I'm doing all of the prep or any of the prep or prep. <laughs> I'm not doing shit. Oh, I'm going to have plenty to say. Don't you worry. You're going to be we're going to be working together mm-hmm. and I'm going to be like, I hope you're figuring out what all <laughs> you're going to say on the podcast. <laughs> so basically what we're going to do, Meow Meow. Mm-hmm is we're going to do the original idea for the podcast only flipped so you know originally dumb gay politics was supposed to be Mm -hmm. julie telling me all the politics because i didn't know shit right but that was never going to fly mainly because i can't shut the fuck up obviously (laughs) and julie's not great at organizing so it, I mean, it didn't work or editing the, <laughs> or putting thoughts together. The 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 shape of the podcast changed mm. organically. Here's where we are. But we are going to go back to the original plan this week, except for opposite, where I'm just going to tell Julie all the things mm. and she's just going to react and then add any information she might already know. Because you do know stuff. You know stuff about the gator. I'm not, you know, a few things. You got some stuff you know, in the tank. Some, a couple things. But this is exciting. Okay, great. You ready? I am. Okay. So first off, it needs to be said, I've never seen the Notorious RBG doc on Netflix. And I didn't even finish the movie, like the studio film that just came out called like On the Basis of Sex or whatever. Mm -hmm. I like had it on, but I, I definitely don't, I definitely didn't pay attention to the end, like the big landmark case. Now, did you? We watched it together. Okay, so I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) So there's things about the movie that really stood out to me that I like loved about the movie, but there's things that I didn't care about, and clearly I don't know where where I went off to mentally, but the movie's... None of this is from either of those things. 
I haven't seen them really and digested them. I'm going to assume all 14 listeners have seen both of those things. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. even if it was the minute she died, they watched the doc. Mm -hmm. And supposedly the documentary is great. So I apologize if I repeat shit that everyone knows or if I leave out something that is like super important and the movie highlighted or whatever. What I did was I compiled a drunk loser's list of details (laughs) That stood out to me personally and things that I know that I would want to tell Julie just like in our normal lives. Like anytime I wanted to call Julie and be like at her work and be like, oh, my fucking God, you're going to die. So I'm not going to be doing the bitch justice. I mean, there's there. Well, no one's even looking for the justice like it's everywhere. You know what I mean? We're doing dumb gay politics. This is what we're doing. And this is what's up. So details like Mm Mau, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's landmark civil rights work. Before her, Mm -hmm. women could not have credit cards in their names. And I'm sure you might think, oh, that's like probably like in like 1930. No, that was in the 70s. Um, I didn't know that. How fucked up is that? So our mothers couldn't have credit cards in their names? No, it had to be through a man. All I could think about was like, what was Pam what was Phyllis? I can't, I can't. I can't even. In the seventies, every important. I'm not gonna say every important thing, but most of the important work for women that Ruth Bader Ginsburg did was between 1973 and 1976. So these bitches, the P's, as in Pam and Phyllis, wowzer, they were walking around with no rights, honey. Wow, I didn't even know that. I know. That's why I'm telling you. I'm so glad to know that. I can't wait to go into a. I feel so validated for my work today. <laughs> I really do. I need to ask my mom about oh, that. I so what? Barely what, stop what ha- myself from calling you. I was like, she is going to shit. Oh, I'm sure. I'm. I'm not even going to ask my mom because God forbid she goes. I don't even remember. And I'm going to be like, Mom. I know. Every time I ask, it's <laughs> I don't even remember. I'm like, Come on. I can't. Please. But I mean, did it? Did was maybe it like two card, names? Maybe credit cards. Just like no. I'm. Sh- uh, maybe credit cards weren't even a big deal then, but uh, either way, they couldn't even do like jury duty. I didn't include that in this because I didn't care. But it's the level of oh just my God. the level of just well, being that- like like a constant feeling of being demoted all the time. Like right, get in the kitchen. I don't know. Yeah, don't know. you couldn't. A lot of the stuff around money, you had to have through a man. Yes, and if well, there that, wasn't a man there, right. you can't have it. Well, that's I mean that's and that's, that's a credit card. That's it. History. Mm-hmm. That little tidbit got me even more excited. Okay, <laughs> I am so excited to hear the special Brandy Howard curated Gator content. But before that, what I can tell people is that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was on the Supreme Court. If you don't know much about her or the Supreme Court, good. That's why you're here. And don't ever let anyone shame you for not knowing something yet. The only way you know something is by learning it and then then you know it. And it doesn't matter when you learn it. And that's what you taught me. It doesn't matter when you learn it. We don't we're not born knowing everything. And you're interested in some things. You're not interested in some things. And you know more about one thing. And everybody knows something more about something than somebody else. And all I have to say is Antonin Scalia, okay? And anyone who knows that story from the 14 listeners, there's an even more embarrassing Supreme Court story that has arisen through my gator research. And it's <laughs> glorious. Okay. So here's some information for anyone who doesn't know anything about the Supreme Court. Okay. The Supreme Court has nine members. They are members for life. And they are appointed by the president and voted on by the Senate. 
They only leave the office if they die or voluntarily retire. The point of having nine lifelong justices is so that there's a balance of power. It is unlikely that one party would dominate the Senate and the presidency for nine decades. And for many, many, many years, that system kind of worked. Kind of. Kind of. There were four liberal-ish judges and four conservative-ish judges and one moderate-ish judge. It's a sliding scale and whatever, but you get the point. Like there's always going to be some sort of fake fucking fairness or whatever. Right, right, right. It was always flawed because they were mostly men and mostly white. And even when they weren't men, they were mostly white. And even when they weren't white, they were mostly white supremacists. So, <laughs> so that's why it's called the white supremacist <laughs> Supreme Court. White supremacist court. <laughs> okay. Uh. But, but regardless, black people and women managed to eke out some rights over the course of the existence of the Supreme Court. And that is in thanks in large part to Thurgood Marshall and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now, Thurgood Marshall died in 1993, and that was the year that Bill Clinton nominated the Gator to the Supreme Court, which probably was the best thing he ever did in his actual life. <laughs> That's right. Which is why he doesn't need to be murdered. And incidentally, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was the first Democratic nominee to the Supreme Court after Thurgood Marshall. And that was 26 years later. 26. The two most, you know, and this is coming just straight out of my asshole but i'm just gonna i'm gonna marry it the two most important people ever on the supreme court like are those agreed. two agreed voting rights equal rights All gender rights uh 26 years wow in between them and they never even served together saying that democrats have dropped the ball with the supreme court is a motherfucking understatement the supreme court controls all of our rights the rights that are not in the Constitution, voting, marriage, our bodies, custody of our children, custody of our deceased family members, who we have sex with, how we have sex, age of consent, age to drink, age to drive. Until 1967, it was illegal for a black person to marry a white person. 19 1967. Mm, 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 mm. Just to put that in perspective. The Beatles had already done six studio albums by then, okay? In 1967, they were on Sgt. Pepper's, and it was still illegal for black people and white people to marry each other. Sgt. Pepper's. Mm. The fact is, any non-religious civil right that has been won by a Supreme Court decision was put forth by a Democratic judge. And any right that has been taken away, including those that were already won, like those in the Voting Rights Act were taken away by conservative judges. So when Brandy tells you about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's life, just remember that in every situation where human beings are not given equal rights, from death row to sorority row, it's because of the Supreme Court. And when she died on Friday, what took her place was a very real and very tangible threat to our rights. Wow. I mean, I when mean, I think of Sgt. Pepper's, I just don't think like that of that. I know it's early Beatles per se. Right. But like... You know, Are you kidding me, dude? You know what this this makes me makes me think is this this idea that we keep hearing from a lot of people who don't like politics. I don't like politics. Politics is gross. Blah blah blah. There's no good people. Blah, 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 blah. And you know what? You're not wrong. And right. that's a and valid opinion to have. Blah blah blah. But what I would encourage, or what I would I'd like to, what I would um want to throw throw my hat into the ring. May I? Well, I'm sure it's the point of the reason of this podcast. Which is why not maybe not think about it as politics, but start thinking about all of politics as civil rights. That's your rights are contingent on 
the people who represent you and the people who are running this country and most importantly the people that are put on the supreme court i would say probably whoever's here is doing it maybe if you know someone yes or you know one of your friends or we all know people we, we, we get comments all the time they're like we love you from the people's couch we don't want to hear you talking about politics and <laughs> right. we just want to be like like the time's done been gone if i'm here and god knows i didn't want to be here but <laughs> just like you said stop thinking of it like goddamn you know a class you took in your senior year in high school and start thinking right. about your rights and rights and rights of other people and stop fucking watching so much housewives <laughs> and think of other people's rights okay ma'am ma mm -hmm. so Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Tell. So she was 87 when she died. She died of cancer. Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of cancer. I didn't research it. <laughs> I do. I, thought, I think she had bone cancer for like a long, long time. And then there were tumors that. Okay. Got her I don't, okay, I don't even want to read about her death. Okay. So if you want to know who uh, you whatever you got, <laughs> you guys got to look that up. Um, what I do know is that a few days before she died, she dictated a handwritten note to her granddaughter that said, my most fervent wish is that I will not be replaced until a new president is installed. So I'm going to blaze through this, but I just think like you're on your deathbed and, you know, people's like biggest fears is actually literally just dying. <laughs> and she's sitting there. Right. Scared that every single thing she worked for. And it's not like every sing single thing she worked for will be taken away. But it's the fear of just like that this is happening like it had to have literally for the, probably the last decade been her worst fear so she was born in brooklyn in 1933 which is why it's doubly cute that she's now affiliated with the legend of biggie because he was mm. also born in brooklyn <laughs> her parents were first generation jewish mm. um she was an only child she mm. had her her parents had a baby before her a daughter who died of meningitis but she was an only child her name was technically joan ruth which I find interesting because my grandma, my mom's mom's name was Mary Ruth. And she went by Ruth, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, as a child. And then somewhere along the way, though, my grandma started going by Mary. And I was always like, thank God, because like Ruth, <laughs> I mean, with all due, it's not like the best. But here's the key key, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Ruth Bader Ginsburg's name was Joan Ruth. She started going by Ruth as a kid because there was too many Jones in her class. But her nickname was Kiki. It was Kiki? Kiki. Jojo and Kiki. <laughs> Why was her nickname Kiki? That's amazing. Her, her mom said she was like a Kiki baby. Oh, my God. Kiki was like her legit, wow. legit nickname. She's Did you get really chills? Kiki. It's so fucking. Wow. Ugh. Okay. Ugh. So basically the thing with her parents was that her mom's parents came to New York from Poland. Her dad's parents came from Russia. Mm -hmm. Her mom was smart and like fucking awesome, I'm sure. And just as you can just imagine. But her the thing with her mom is that her mom's parents made her mom quit high school at 15 and go work in the garment district in Brooklyn so that her mom's brother could go to Cornell. Mm. So I'm sure I don't have to explain why this mm. is completely mm. relevant mm. to mm. every single thing in the whole entire <laughs> world of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> Being that that's literally the thing that dictated her entire life's work. Wow. But you want to know why it's even more crazy? Because her mom 
got cancer when she was in high school and died the day before her high school graduation. Oh, my God. So that was the first time in all of this that I even cried when I saw that. Wow. I know. So her mom died right before she graduated high school. Uh, Okay, here's the second time I cried. So fast forward to when Bill Clinton, I'm just making myself not do it now. When Bill Clinton nominated her to the Supreme Court, and like you said, P.S. <laughs> but P.S. He almost didn't do it because feminist assholes were like player hating the Gator, and that's a whole other thing that doesn't matter because ultimately, Bill Clinton met with her for literally one hour, and then he ended up nominating her, even though he said the women don't want her because she's so fucking awesome that Bill Clinton couldn't even help himself, and it's the only reason Bill Clinton doesn't have to die now. Mm-hmm. Like it's the only good thing he ever did. And it's really making me, like, stop wishing his death. I'm like, you know what, man, maybe, you know, I should try and start seeing, like, the good things in Bill Clinton. So when he nominated her, they did a thing in the Rose Garden. And she gave a speech. And in her speech, she said, I pray that I may be all that she would have been had she lived in an age when women could aspire and achieve and an age where daughters are cherished as much as sons. Okay, and then God, Bill Clinton, damn. Bill Clinton, like got like tears in his eyes, and it was like this huge oh. thing about Cl- Bill Clinton getting tears in his eyes. I have a like a thing. That, first of all, there's just a thing, but I have a thing with people who lose a parent in high school. It's like a small club of people, and it it creates just a very, very specific trauma that they live with forever, Mm -hmm. you know? So whenever I hear that somebody lost a parent in high school, I think of that. So because of the mom and the mom's brother and the whole thing, when she graduated high school, she went to Cornell. Mm. My God. So this is, (laughs) so she's so fucking just, she never stops. She never, the the level that she's iconic, it never lets up. So this is where she meets the husband, right? Mm -hmm. And who's a huge part of her story from beginning to end. And if you think about it, she had just lost her mom. And she meets this guy. This is her freshman year at Cornell. She meets this guy. And she says this famously. It's like a thing she says that he was the only boy who ever cared that she had a brain. And it's just interesting to get into the mind of a, you know, an 18-year-old girl because if you watch the movie, she made like these enormous sacrifices for this guy. And I remember even like watching the movie being like, like, OK, well, it might be Army Hammer, but like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but like the whole thing with her is that she's fighting so that women don't have to make these sacrifices for men. Mm-hmm. But yet she did it w- willingly all the time. It was like this weird dichotomy and now realizing that her mom died and also this guy is like he's so special this guy like Mm -hmm. we could do a whole podcast for him Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. she doesn't exist without him being incredible you know so Martin Ginsburg Mm -hmm. is the poo and we all need to take a big motherfucking whiff Mm -hmm. okay so they fall in love and they get married they get married when they're juniors they're still at Cornell. So she, they say she was like reserved and thoughtful and she was always very like precise in like her words and like everything. And he was supposedly like funny and like everyone loved him and you know, whatever. So even though they were kind of opposites, the thing that people always say that was really crazy about the relationship was that 
at the time, it was really obvious that in terms of their careers, they were like a shared enterprise. Mm. And people didn't do that then at all. Like, it wouldn't even come natural to even the nicest guy to think of his wife as his business partner ever. Right. And why this guy, Martin Ginsburg, did that with her, you know, there's a million reasons. But I believe the very first one is that he knew that she was smarter than him. And that mm. will that will make me not kill myself for the rest of my life. Like, I love it. And that takes a lot for a man to know and be humble to that. There'd well, be no way. Yeah. For, you know what it, I mean? It, it you, must have just been undeniable. I mean, this is just me making this up. There I think was a that, million things that he, he did or reasons. But there was something there where it was like it was this admiration of her. And it. so after Cornell, they eventually both enrolled at Harvard Law School. And this is like all in the movie. So by this point, they had already had their first baby, a little daughter named Jane, who I'm sure you want to know is a law professor now at Columbia. <laughs> and this is in the movie, but I'm going to talk about it because it's the only thing I cared about in the movie. So they're both at Harvard Law School, which I don't even know how someone even has a fucking boyfriend. OK, by the way, in law school at Harvard, much less a husband and a baby <laughs> In a time period where you like it was the law that you like cook every meal mm -hmm. and there wasn't even sh like babysitters then like mm. literally there's not daycares and shit and like fucking they just didn't have that if, if it was if it existed it was very expensive it just it wasn't readily available to people and she didn't grow up with money she's all of these schools are all on scholarships so while being married with a baby a little infant at Harvard it boggles the mind. So while they're there during her th his third year and her second, he's a year ahead of her, he got a super fucking aggressive cancer. Okay. Again, her mother had literally just died of fucking cancer. And now her husband and the father of her little baby has an aggressive cancer that, of course, is going to kill him because in the 50s, every cancer c is going to kill you, mm -hmm. which they did say that he was going to die. Mm -hmm. So then they're doing the most aggressive treatments, which I'm sure, I mean, God, they probably gave him, his, uh, uh, they, they did lobotomies at this time. Like they <laughs> right. weren't, they didn't know what was going on. So right. any treatment they're doing, he's bedridden. He's so sick, not even from the cancer, from the treatment, mm -hmm. which now in today's time would probably literally like, they'd be like, oh, who cares? That'll heal itself. <laughs> like it wasn't even like, something that would kill right have it, some apple cider vinegar and like yeah call me in the morning nor did it kill him but but to for to think of her living with that fear mm -hmm. um it's overwhelming and she then while he was bedridden went to all of his classes and took notes in all of his classes and then taught him what while she went to her classes and then she taught him his shit while he was in bed then she did her own classes and took care of their baby. How the fuck? Where did she get the time? Where did she get the time? And she basically finished his degree for him. Yep. And then, by the way, of course, he gets a job in New York easily, which mm -hmm. is fine. We're never going to hate on Martin. OK, he gets a job. She has to go with him. So she asks Harvard if she can finish her last year at Columbia, but just still get a degree from there. And let's not forget, she did two years in one when she did his. <laughs> right, and right. they said no. Shocking. And please believe Martin was salty and never forgave fucking Harvard. And when they tried to thirst bucket like 100 years later and be like, oh, wait, 
you're a civil rights icon. We want to give you an honorary degree and like claim you. And Martin's like, no, bitch. No, <laughs> we're not having it. She's Columbia and you can go fuck off and oh, like never forgave them and was <laughs> hated them forever. Mm. So after she graduated, she was she graduated Columbia first in her class and in New York. And he's like working. He's like doing like tax law or something. So he ended up literally being like Ross Perot's like tax lawyer. Like, I mean, he he was successful in his own right. You know mm. what I mean? And for sure. And he, he he's an icon to me. Like, I love that guy. So she can't get a job. She can't get a job as a lawyer. She can't get arrested as a lawyer. But it we got to a point where she can't even get a job as a law clerk because she's a woman like or a woman. It, it was something and I didn't write this down, but like only nine women got law degrees that year that she got her. You know what I mean? It's like that. So not only is she not going to be a lawyer, they're like, bitch, you're not even you can go be our secretary. And she's like, no. So some teacher that she had at Columbia that was like a mentor straight up had to threaten like a like a firm he worked with that he supplied law clerks to. And he's like, if you don't let this graduate become a law clerk, I'm never giving you another one from this school again. So he forced them to hire her as a law clerk. Like Mm. it's just it makes me want to like do violence on some. I don't even (laughs) understand what the rage it makes me feel. So she goes back to Columbia to work on this thing, this like project about um, civil liberties And through this project, she has to go live in Sweden. And she lives in Sweden for a year and she learns Swedish. Oh, my God. And the whole thing with her, besides the mom and the brother and Cornell, the other whole thing with Ruth Bader Ginsburg is living in Sweden. And Sweden was like already like women can have it all. Mm. And they already were doing it. And so she's living there and she's like, wait, what the fuck? Like women here have kids and they have jobs and they're, they're you know, I don't know that they're being treated equally, but they were equal ish. Mm-hmm. And and there was a, a feminism was happening and there was a whole dialogue of just like, this is bullshit. Right. And there was and the thing, too, that really struck her is that there was like readily available childcare. So she brought that experience back from Sweden. And any of our 14 listeners know, like. Sweden is the shit and me and Mammy I love it and we have been there and that's our jam and we would we were just like the gator when we went to Sweden (laughs) it's exactly how we felt so she comes back she has all this shit from Sweden all this like new information and a new concept of like what's possible and what people are doing and um, no one would hire her again so she takes a teaching job you know, she don't want to be a teacher. And I can remember, and I didn't even care about the movie, but I remember things from the movie of her not wanting to be a teacher. And like that, that's just, of course, like go be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like she just didn't want that. So she goes to take a teaching job at Rutgers. This is where they have their next baby. And it's a boy. And he is now like, he's like some kind of concert, like something like they were super into opera. Mm. And I don't know what, I didn't care about him. But anyway, so, cause he wasn't in the movie. So, He's nine years younger than the, the than the little daughter. So this is when at, when she's at Rutgers, she goes and volunteers at the ACLU. What's the ACLU stand for? My mouth? The American Civil Liberties Union. And what do they do? They basically fight for civil rights. This is where the shit popped off for the old <laughs> gator. OK, my mouth. 
So the ACLU created the Women's Rights Project. Mm. And they hired her as like the first director of it. And she's fresh out of Sweden. She's pissed off that none of the sexist pigs want to hire her. And she's like, (laughs) sun's out, guns out. Time to get some bitches some rights. Okay, so she rolls in. Now, at this point, none of the gender discrimination cases that the ACLU was like doing with the Supreme Court were like getting any movement like the The sexism and the patriarchy was so ingrained in it. it, And this is in 1972. So like the thing that she's like said is that and this I'm just paraphrasing it, but it was like it's this thing of like they can't couldn't even see these men. And she's just talking about the Supreme Court, but this is just life. But these these nine men couldn't even see that they were marginalizing women because they thought that they themselves were so nice and deferential to their wives and their daughters and their mothers and like the way it's it's it literally that's like white like supremacy shit it's like right what do you mean i love my mom i'm so my daughter and i want my daughter to they 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 can't couldn't even there there literally was not there wasn't even a language for these men to understand the discrimination that was happening there Mm -hmm. just wasn't Mm -hmm. so she then has to go she goes into a room and take puts on her genius hat (laughs) and she's like what the fuck how am i gonna do this and they tried to show this in the movie and i appreciate that more now after like studying it but she basically created a strategy where she picked cases where all the victims of gender discrimination were men uh, mm-hmm. and then it between 1973 and 1975 she took six cases before the supreme court and in every case the victim of the discrimination was a man and she won five of them wow so wow and that is how the gator became a legend if you have a credit card or even a child in a job and you're a woman, that's because of her. So through this, through these cases, she took on the task of teaching these fucking men that they and this is what this is how it's told that they created a set of laws that reinforced gender roles. And depending on the specific law you were either rewarded for sticking to your role or you were penalized for going against your role. And she taught them by using these cases with men because they could only grasp that something was unequal and unfair if the victim was a man. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, one case was for a man whose wife died in childbirth and he was denied social security benefits because only widows were given benefits and widows are women, women. because widowers which i guess are men uh-huh. they don't need benefits because they're the primary breadwinner and they don't take care of the children well this particular guy um i guess he didn't have anyone else or he was going to take care of his kid and he couldn't work and he needed that money and by the way he deserved it <laughs> um so she argued and won that that was discrimination based on gender. And it was all shit like that. Like it was like Mm. shit in the military where if the wife is there and the husband dies in the military, the wife gets 
money. If a husband's there, but the wife's in the military and she dies, he gets nothing. Mm. It's like shit like that. And it's like, it was case after case after case after case. And when it was all said and done, kind of like what's slowly happening now with white people and white supremacy, there was a whole new awareness and a whole new language surrounding women's rights and everyone's rights pertaining to gender discrimination. And it was because of fucking her. Wow. And it was wow. like a slow, methodical mm-hmm. plan that she did. I bet you no one's even still listening, but I'm glad you are. <laughs> so yeah. she does all this civil rights work and she has a whole career in law and she never stops killing it. Never. Right. Fast forward again. Now we're back with Bill Clinton and this, you know, fucking Rose Garden and the tears in his fucking jizzy eyes. <laughs> and he nominates her for the Supreme Court. Okay. First of all, let me just say in regards to that, she was 60 fucking years old when she got on the Supreme Court. If even if that was the only thing she ever did for women, she reached one of, if not the greatest pinnacle in her lifetime at 60 years old. I will never, ever stop letting that inspire me ever. That definitely gives the hope. You know what I mean? When you think like, I'm old, I'm worthless, I'm not yeah, ever going to achieve no anything. No one will ever like, have me. I can't get hired. Right. And I hear that all the time. And I hear that from older women. And yeah. they, they say it because it's true. It, yeah. But yeah. it's like, if you do have a job, it's because of this motherfucker. <laughs> so she served on the Supreme Court now for 27 years until she died on Friday. This is wrapping up. So I know people are like, oh, God, and why Brandy's voice and blah, blah. She did so many amazing things. She spent lots of time on the court where she wasn't the only woman. Okay. She wasn't the only woman on the court and she wasn't the first woman. And she had a lot of time on there where she wasn't the only woman. And um, one thing that people always say about her is that she was not only friendly, but genuine friends with many of the other conservative judges. So I'm not, I don't want to like, there is not even a picture to paint where she was some lonely feminist, you know, soul providing fucking rights warrior on this court but i want to paint a picture of a certain small window of time on the supreme court and this is where she became a legend in the 70s on the basis of sex but she became a legend in american politics and government in this window of time on the supreme court where sandra day o'connor was the first woman ever elected to the supreme court she was a republican and she was nominated by Ronald Reagan in the 80s in that classic move the Republicans love to do. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about. Turn the TV on. Yeah, just <laughs> it, Clarence Thomas. It's there for you to right, figure out. Right. So like I said before, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was known for being friends with many of the conservative judges. And she was really good friends with Sandra Day O'Connor. Um, Sandra Day O'Connor is like, you know, some bitch from Texas and whatever the fuck and, you know, whatever. So but the thing is, even if she wasn't friends with her when there's only two women somewhere and the other woman leaves and you're now the only woman in a room of eight guys, that's not cute. (laughs) And it's certainly not easy. And a lot of women have done it and it's, it's really, really, really fucking intense. Mm -hmm. So, and in this environment, you got eight lawyers and you, and they're all men. And by the way, it wasn't just that Sandra Day O'Connor retired the court itself with that shifted super conservative. 
So all these cases that had already been done, been done, and all these rights that had already been done, been fake given, they're all being re-up for discussion. It's mm -hmm. the way we're going to talk about and take away Obamacare the week, you know, right after the presidential election, the Supreme Court's going to take away Obamacare. So it's this situation. So here she is. It's 2006. She's five feet tall. She's, you know, famously like incredibly petite, like giving you a Phyllis vibe. OK, <laughs> she's like a little warrior ballerina in the middle of eight losers. And they're hearing this famous case. It's called Ledbetter versus Goodyear. So basically, Goodyear Tires was paying Lily Ledbetter less than all of the men who were in the same job as her. And when she figured it out, who knows how that all went, but she's like, go fuck yourself. And this becomes a, this case. The thing was that there was a previous government precedent which said that an individual could not sue based on pay discrimination unless it was within a 180-day window. Okay? Some stupid fucking caveat, okay? So here they are hearing the case, all the dudes and the gator. She's in the one of the famous statement callers, Meow Meow. Mm -hmm. They're not even legendary yet at this point. She's just rocking it. Mm -hmm. Judge Samuel Alito, mm. okay? He had argued that Lily Ledbetter had not filed her discrimination complaint about equal pay within the 180 day statute mm. so therefore she didn't she doesn't even have the right to equal pay as oh the God. men in her same job what the fuck are you talking about you fucking loser <laughs> wow because it wasn't in the 180 days you piece of shit <laughs> so while they're sitting there the gator from the bench mama now here's the thing here's the thing from the bench and yes, this thing is televised. She basically gives her dissenting argument because she probably lost her fucking mind like I just did. <laughs> and the thing is, she gave her dissenting argument from the bench. That was not something that was done. You can have your dissenting argument. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg was famous for her dissenting arguments. Famous. She could write the best, the best ones, and she did. But no one yells out a dissenting argument <laughs> from the bench. Wow. I'm surprised she didn't strangle him. <laughs> so because she rips him a new fucking asshole, and when she did it, she basically said it was Congress's issue. She said Congress fucked up because they wrote the statute and it was unclear. And it didn't say 180 days from what? Oh. From the day you're hired or from the day you find out you're not making the same money. And that, you know what, Congress needs to rewrite the shit before we rule on it at all. So one, no one had ever called out Congress like that and made it their fault. That was the first time. Two, no one had ever said that they have to wait until Congress makes the <laughs> call in order to do a ruling. And three, again, no one ever said anything while sitting on the bench. Wow. So people lost their minds. They lost their lifestyles. And a legend was born in her mouth. <laughs> and from this point on, she branded this move, her signature move, with a Paris Hilton precision. And that's how I bring it all together. <laughs> she had special callers that were designated bench descent callers oh. that people knew. I like have chills. She carefully crafted the wording in the descent in order to be televised 
for the people who weren't in the courtroom. She wanted people sitting wherever they were to hear something so simple and so logical that any other opinion about it would would it's common sense discrimination and there just was no way to go against it rights are rights all human beings are equal and anyone who doesn't agree aka republicans are disgusting fucking pigs (laughs) so the bench descents and the callers became so legendary that law schools and magazines literally held events more than one and they would like give her awards and whatever the fuck and every time they would have people like Sonny from The View, read parts from these descents, these bench descents, because the level of, like, the reading room, (laughs) you know? So to wrap it up, in 2010, her husband, Martin, who was so influential on her and important to her story that we could dedicate a whole podcast to him, he died from cancer at the age of 78. Mm. She would go on to survive him for 10 more years, but in his final days, and here's the third time I cried, He left a note for her to find by his bedside, handwritten on a yellow notepad. And we have like a thousand of those kinds of notepads here. The note said, my dearest Ruth. (laughs) Do you read it, Memo? Okay. My dearest Ruth, you are the only person I have loved in my life. Setting aside a bit parents and kids and their kids and I have admired and loved you almost since the day we first met at Cornell what a treat it has been to watch you progress to the very top of the legal world so they're oh my god I can't do it I just gotta think of working girl (sighs) they're just like so few people who come into this world that are Martin Luther Kings and I know it sounds dumb but I didn't even realize that she was one and now that i do i feel so sad and i'm not sad that she died i'm just sad that i didn't get to enjoy thinking of her that way while she was alive now it's time for so there's that All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the rotted pile of racist Facebook garbage that this country has become. She hates doing it, and after losing the Gator, I don't blame her. But Ruth Gator Binsburg dying is exactly why this segment is important. We need Meow Meow to find us the silver lining so that we all don't get stress hemorrhoids. And, Meow Meow, were you able to find one this week? Sorry, guys. The hemorrhoids are really going to flare up. Yeah, is, this ju- is this like a barely rating? Yeah, this is barely. Very this is phoned in. Like We're really reaching. We're really I mean, reaching because we had to reach. Dying no, I, I, I really wanted to cancel it this week because like I feel like she doesn't even... She deserves the, the gravitas of the death, but... <clears throat> since this week was obviously a pile of shit, and on- honestly, like... Here's what I want to say. I want to say, everyone, get a bottle of whatever. With Done. 
<laughs> with whomever you love spending time with the most. Done. And recreate scenes from somewhere in time starring Christopher Reeves and Jane Seymour. Wait. And maybe. Well, kind of done. <laughs> if you think about it, kind of done. Because people do say I look like Jane Seymour. And I mean, I get that all the time. And you. And people say I look like Christopher yeah, Reeves. I mean, you, no, I don't. You can give. You might be giving like a corny Christopher Reeves vibe. Well, you know what? <laughs> it's a dream. And maybe if we all collectively do that, we can create time travel Fall in love in the past, make the past our present and future, never to return to this shit-covered turd hole ever again. But alas, no matter how hard I try and stay asleep and imagine myself as Christopher Reeve and you as Jane Seymour, I wake up and find that Jane Seymour is apparently a cold-hearted bitch who thought everyone around her was a bugger and Christopher Reeve is an overconfident dumbass who fell off a horse. So while we're close, we're just not rich. I think we're probably more like Margot Kidder, like on drugs, <laughs> running under the freeway overpass. Who found, who's found behind a bush? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's about right. That's about where we're at. So, great. Reality sucks. As we're all reeling from the earth burning, the ocean rising, earthquakes, floods, and storms, and heat waves, and pandemics, oh my, we've been so focused on not catching or spreading the corona and mask wearing and mask shaming and for myself, <laughs> ragefully watching Fox News and trying to figure out how I can throw a bag of shit at Tucker Carlson's house, Ruth Bader Ginsburg succumbed to her cancer and died and we're all left holding the bag of shit I was going to throw on Tucker Carlson's house. So now the Supreme Court seat is open and without even waiting an hour, Mitch Turd Connell tweeted how a legend passed and we're going to go ahead and make sure to fill that seat even though his hypocritical, greedy, white supremacist ass, as we've discussed, wouldn't allow Obama's nominee to even get a meeting with one Republican shitbag. He looks like a walking bag of shit, and he does he look does. like he's dying, and how does he not have cancer? I don't know. How? I don't know. I he, don't understand. He has a disease. He looks like a disease. Oh, my God. We are all freaking out because Trump has already said... And also not even waiting until the woman's in the ground to say he has a short list already going of nominees. And yes, it's going to be a woman. So, oh, thank God it's going to be a woman. Well, as we know, just because you're a woman, it doesn't mean you're worth a damn or you're not a pandering cum dumpster twat bag whose very existence has been twisted into a pro-life propaganda spewing and eating disposal. Trump has announced a short... Eating disposal? Eat garbage disposal. Garbage disposal. <laughs> I'm like, what's an eating disposal? That's interesting. That's a weird machine. You're right. I mean, a garbage disposal. Hey, and I'm sharks, not editing that. We might should maybe invent it. I'm going to think on it. Hey, sharks. Do you not eat? Do you eat more than you can handle? Well, now you've got we've got this new thing you can put in your mouth and it's an eating disposal. Trump has announced his shortlist just moments ago. And here's who we have to choose from. Cruella DeVille, Nurse Ratchet, the Ice Queen from Narnia, Queen of Hearts, Hillary Clinton, just kidding, Claire Underwood, Angelina Jolie, Ghislaine Maxwell, and Glenn Close in Damages, Fatal Attraction, 101 Dalmatians, Jagged Edge, and every other movie she's ever been in because the bitch is scary. Scary. Okay. She's scary. Scary. Well, as much as I don't even want to give Republicans any credit at all, I do need to give credit where credit is due. And I want to just give a so there's that shout out. This is more of a shout out. OK. OK. A shout. There's that. Yes. To the two Republicans, women who are for now anyway, saying they're against voting for a Supreme Court nominee right now or before the new president is put in office. 
They're standing by Mitch Fuckfacel's own words, Lindsey Graham's own words, and are at least not being total fucking hypocrites. Lisa Murkowski from Alaska and Susan Collins of Maine, senators who have said publicly they will not support whatever the nominee is and they won't vote when Mitch forces his conservative pick to the floor. As of now, the Senate has the votes, 51 to 49. But if just a few more cowards stand up, we can secure ourselves a non-zealotous jizzguggler. <laughs> An eating disposal jizzguggler? <laughs> I love guggling jizz. Jizzguggling. I'm going to go to the jizzguggling festival. It's like it's usually in Denmark, but it's going to be in... Um, I think it's going to be in it's like Bruges this in year. In Washington, D.C. Yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, a jizz guggler as a Supreme Court justice. I just wanted to take this time to shine light on these two women. They're both problematic Republicans who are hanging on their white supremacist party by a thread, and they've shown moments of courage and independence in the past, and they do deserve credit for that. I will say Susan Collins from Maine is up for re-election, and she is currently tied with her opponent, Sarah Gideon. So you better get out and vote the bitch on. We don't want Susan Collins to go forward. No, we want so Sarah you, Gideon to win. Maine. She is is the literal definition of the word coward and thirst bucket, and she's just such a fucking exhausting dump bitch. <laughs> but who one of her, the main things she ran on when she first got elected was term limits, and she's been there for like 92 years, <laughs> and no one can wait to get rid of her. However, and she did vote for, but she voted for Brett Kavanaugh in the Supreme Court, and she held on to her seat. But the minute she voted for Brett Kavanaugh, mm -hmm. like it was literally like. $20 million went into her opponents, went into the Democratic opponent against her. Right. They didn't even know who it was yet. Right. So now she's trying to claw her <laughs> shady fucking spider hands <laughs> back to her job. But I want to keep my job in Maine. It's time for Susan Collins to, she needs to go. do the right thing yeah. and go on, find a bed, pick a bed <laughs> and go to sleep. Exactly. And Lisa Murkowski, senator from Alaska, is not up for re-election. But in the light of this administration and the cult-like behavior from pretty much every other Republican, I think they deserve recognition, and I'm glad it's women leading the fight and standing up for what's right here, regardless of their motivation. Which, though, it's sad and darkly ironic in its own way. And the fact that it's women doing it, I do have to say, and this is really what's sort of pushing this shout out forward um, is probably the best way that they have to offer tribute to the Gator who ultimately even made it possible for women to be senators. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening. If you're new to us and you haven't signed up for our Patreon podcast yet, please go to www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and check it out. We fucking beg you, okay? If you were offended or annoyed by anything you heard here today, just know we don't talk any politics on that podcast, but we are still very offensive and annoying, but it's just in a more 
mm, organic, unprepared, what's the point of this podcast, go get some fucking content <laughs> kind of way. We do two a week. You can choose whether you want to sign up for one or two. They're both an hour and it's $1 for one and $2 for two. If you're not sure you'll like it, then sign up for one. You can always go in and cancel it if you're turned off or if you like it and decide you want more, it's super easy to go in and upgrade to two a week. Also, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please leave us a review if you haven't yet. We like it to look like we have more than 14 listeners when we're trying to book guests. You don't even have to write anything. Just hit however many stars you're feeling the episode was that day. So probably a two <laughs> or three or one. It literally takes five seconds. That's it. Just hit the stars and that's it. And if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, good for you. We despise those star fucking tax avoiding sweatshop loving douchebags. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Rest in peace. How'd you do I? See you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad dying because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Bite. Or maybe a bite. bite. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan and he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania Hit hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation.
But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. 